Welcome to episode 23 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. So, uh, how's it going, John? You know, it's bright and sunny in the not-so-early morning. <laughs> little, <laughs> yeah, we am, uh, normal. didn't really have a chance to record after the chaos draft, so we're doing, uh, doing things a little differently, but... So, uh, I wanted to get your opinion on something, if that's okay. Alright. There was some new magic news that came out, not this weekend, but the weekend before, because we're always a week behind. Yep. Um... Because we're unlucky like that. Yeah, they just make announcements weird. But so, Wizards made some announcements about a few things, but what the big thing was is they're changing how FNM promos are going to work. So, basically they're changing it so um, FNMs, instead of giving promos of cards, are actually going to give double-sided foil tokens instead. Um, And the promos will be part of the standard showdown, I believe. Yes. Okay. And there's obviously pitchforks and torches about this to some degree. Um, and Wizards' rationale is basically they want to encourage FNM to be a more casual environment. They want they want to flag it as something that casual people... that a greater demographic of people can show up to. Yeah. So they're... I guess, what are your thoughts on that? So... They're basically, they want to show that FNM is what they say FNM should be, the casual events. And by switching it to tokens and making the cards unplayable, like, you know, they're not, like, actual playable cards that people might care about, you're not going to get, like, people aren't going to fight for them as competitively as it were, right? Because a lot of people use the, the promos as, like, a status symbol. It's like, oh, look at my playset of foil ether hubs, because they look awesome. Or and, even something like, oh man, I play a lot of formats, and they have a, the promos of foil serum vision, so I gotta yeah. slaughter everyone so that I can get this card that I don't want to buy. Yeah, uh, that we, def- we, at least at our store, did have a lot more people come and play FNM specifically for the serum visions, but mm-hmm. that also, that's kind of like a counterpoint to Watsi did say that based on their numbers, the promo has no impact whatsoever on how many people show up to FNM. But it, but they did um, did clarify and say later that it does it does not have an impact on the total number, but it does have an impact on the demographic that shows up. Yes, which is super interesting. Because that basically means that like a high... Better promos get better people and somehow pushes away the casual people, mm-hmm. which is super w- interesting to think about. But I like, can see that. Yeah, like, but it's that the, as a result of that, that's literally saying that like a casual person looks at the promo, hears that a lot of people wants it, and they don't want to show up because they don't want to deal with that stuff. I, I'm not sure if, if if it works out in that order. My thought would be that as a casual person, I show up. Uh, when there's a really good promo and I get smoked out of the water by spikes and people who are just there to spike the F&M and get their promo. And I'm like, well, this really sucked balls. I thought this was supposed to be a place I could have fun. Instead, I get these people who don't say a word, you know, sit there and flick their cards all day and just crush me. And this sucks. I don't want to be here. And then they don't show up to the other ones. I'm I'm guessing that's more what it is. I suppose, yeah. Wrong order from what I... Mm -hmm. Different order from what I said, but same end result. Yeah, the end result is the same. It is doing exactly what, you know, we've been saying this whole time. is like, casual people, you need to not be as... Casual people can get pushed out by competitive people. Like, Mm -hmm. your community is what drives who shows up to your FNMs. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, not that... And there's been a lot of people, from what I've read, being like, well, Wizard doesn't want competitive people at FNM. And that's not what they're saying at all. No. They're, they're saying, we don't want FNM to be a competitive tournament. Yes. Because, like... that, because that does exclude a portion of the community. FNM is designed to be the inclusive event. And they're trying to change how things work so that there are events where... The, casual, the competitive people can show their skills and be rewarded for that. Yeah, like it's just you, that F, F&M is 
this is a, the way I look at it, I feel like this is a symptom of something else. Like F and M sort of in a lot of, and this is obviously isn't everywhere. You know, your mileage may vary by store, but like F and M is sort of morphed into this thing where it is. There's a lot of competitiveness to it, and now that they're trying to shift it back to what the focus is, people th- are like, "Oh, you're taking this away from me." Well, it was never supposed to be what it is in the first place. Yeah, like the there's absolutely nothing wrong with a competitive person going to FNM. I really enjoy going to FNM. My competitive friends really enjoy going to FNM. But the thing is, you're not supposed to be competitive. Like you know, you're not supposed to be 100% full bore, all serious business FNM. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to like, you know, calm it down a little and make it more enjoyable for the other people in there. It's not just yeah. about winning. But you have to you have to dial it back a notch, basically. Yeah. It's like it's perfectly fine if you get paired up against you know the other competitive people to play at that level, but mm-hmm. don't do it all the time, twenty four seven, or twenty four yeah. rather twenty four one. Whatever Friday. it is. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's not the event where you're trying to spike it and you know yeah. be like th- those are the events where you're supposed to be talking to your opponent, helping your, you know, not helping your opponent, but, like, being a good member of the community. I mean, and you should be a good member of the community always, but, like... You should be there to teach them. Yeah, the standard showdowns are the events where now you get to clam up and play your cards and try to spike it to some degree. And I think there's a... It's good that they're making a slight distinction between that, because there is a really weird spot. There is nothing for people, community-wise, to move from... I learned to play magic to I'm going to play magic with other people I don't know. Except for one event, which we'll, we'll get there later and stuff. So it's a really interesting thing. And I mean, like, while yes, like, this is still primarily just directed at Standard. Standard is the mm-hmm. only FNM format that they need to always run. Yes. You can still have, you know, the serious business modern play going on. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not going to get a, you know, this amazing promo, but... The reason why you go and play at a store should never be for the promo. I believe it was on TCG Player, an actual store owner wrote his opinions on all the changes. And he kept Mm -hmm. repeating that over and over and over again. He's like, I don't think this change will affect my store because it is our goal at my store to get you in the door because of our community and how the store treats you, not because we give you a shiny piece of cardboard. And that's what Wizards basically said, too, with the data that they have, which they said actually goes back to basically the beginning of FNM, is that there is a higher correlation between the environment that you are playing in and repeat attendance than there is between a quality promo and the amount of attendance. So... Which is literally everything we've been saying. (laughs) This is is something, yeah, this, this is something we've been backing up since the beginning, so it's a little bit of vindication to some degree, but... So... Sort of on this topic, to um, funny enough, we planned this before the announcement came out, I believe. But yep. Um, so we're going to be talking today about. Um, so you're a, you're a new person. You've learned to play Magic. You've been playing at the kitchen table, and now you want to go out and play live events at your friendly local game store and such like that. Um, so we want to kind of dispel some or get rid of some of the mysticism of it and explain kind of what's going on what to expect um and kind of what the different events are so that you can you know go in a little more comfortable i mean anytime you i remember the first time i went and played an an event with people i didn't know it was it was really unnerving um this but i I did have a really good time still (laughs) this is kind of being perceived as like part two of our getting new people into magic Mm -hmm. this is getting new people into your community yep so, and this is, obviously this is focused more towards people who are trying to step up into that live event sort of thing. But um, if you're somebody who's a you know a veteran Magic player who's been playing a lot of these events, just please listen to this and keep a lot of these things in mind because these are a lot of things that you know I've experienced or John have experienced at you know back in the day when we started moving into the, to play like this, or things that I've learned from other people um, who have just started playing live events and everything. So. Um, just be aware of these things and, you know, help these people that are trying to come into the magic community because we want more of these people there. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, big, the bigger your tournaments, the better they are for you. Yes. 
that that is one of our firm beliefs okay so first thing um why don't we just break down the different types of events that you know you'll generally see kind of in the magic community or in in magic this is kind of in you know order of competitiveness as it were okay. air quotes from least competitive to, to most competitive yeah and At least obviously we're, we're not talking we're not going to be talking about um uh like pts or even gps really here like this is going to be relatively smaller local ish events yeah um some of the stuff at the end will will be a little bigger but okay so obviously the very first one is a pre-release it is literally meant for the newest of the newest players to get into magic you know it's you know as it is referred to as the intro level event it is what you know everyone should start with before they try and go into anything else like i i, I honestly think that like someone should go to a pre-release before they even go to an fnm i agree 100 percent. so a pre-release is actually the first store event i ever played in um for it was actually the dragon's maze pre-release i remember specifically but so basically for people who do, what i'm sorry yeah hey i had a good time I had an I had an opponent play Goblin Test Pilot against me, so that was sweet. Value. We we had a good time, but you know, so basically, what a pre-release is is Magic releases sets every so often through the year. So about a week before they have the actual release of the set, they do what's called a pre-release, which is basically um, there's a an event at at your store. Um, you show up, they'll give you some product. You'll open it up. You'll build a sealed deck and you will play against other people there and these are as we said designed to be very very casual um no one has played with these cards before so that's kind of a good you know it's leveler to some degree evens the battlefield yeah i mean better players are going to play better than others just because there, there is skill a lot of skill in magic but yeah. it's a players. very very good intro level event and I I do actually think that every single person, whether you are at live or casual, should go to at least one pre-release. I agree one hundred percent. If if you if you can hit up only one magic event every three months or so, go to the pre-release. It is I think it's a pretty good bang for your buck usually. The environment is great. Um and they're they're designed for people of every skill level. This is this is the one event that Wizards basically has got they've got it nailed in. Like this this is the event that they have figured out in my opinion. Like and you know, I mean it's it's super cool to open the new cards and check them out and all that and you know, as we said, nobody really knows all the cards yet. So things are a little more forgiving to some degree. It's always a casual rules level so you're not getting ball busted or anything like that um and everybody kind of has to read the cards a little bit so it's it's a good event yeah and like and the one nice thing about everyone going to a pre-release is like it is you know a nice little mingle time for like the newer people to meet with the older people and the people Mm -hmm. who have been there and seen everything it's like you know they can talk to this person as this is their first ever group event as it were like first time they've ever not been in a uh, kitchen table environment and like that's mm-hmm. just a good thing like you want to build those connections between everyone assuming all those people are able and willing to actually <laughs> talk to people i suppose yes so veteran players this your job here is to be an ambassador for magic like that that is your purpose to some degree being at the pre-release. Yeah, you want to play the cool cards and stuff like that, but you you need to have this on your mind. Like cuz this is the place where people are coming. This is the place where people are coming back after years of being off magic. This is the place that new people are coming in. This is the place that, you know, that a lot of different people show up. So, it is you know, and this this obviously sounds really <laughs> kind of a um, uh, commandy or something like that but this is your job to be an ambassador here absolutely like this is where we need to step up as it were Mm -hmm. okay john so what is the the next type of event the next one is fnm friday night magic talked about a little bit so 
this will be morphing a little bit, but why don't you um uh, give give it our um uh, give our thoughts on it? So, as you know, we literally just discussed, and Watsi has said themselves, and you know, this is what it should be. FNM is the casual, like barely above pre-release event. It is still always run a casual REL. Mm-hmm. It is so you know there's. The rules are not ball-busting by any stretch of the imagination. It's supposed to be where you bring your totally, you know, sweet brew and see what happens. And, like, this is, the, like, FNM is literally the community builder. Like, mm-hmm. you meet the people during pre-release, you get to know them during FNM. Yep, this is, the co- this is like, the core magic event. Yeah. Like, this is, like, it's the reason why it's called Friday Night Magic, and it has been that way for, like, 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> FNM has been a thing for over two decades, and it will continue to be a thing for as long as magic is a thing, because it's just so intrinsically... Oh, I can't (laughs) talk. I just woke up an hour ago. Give me a break. (laughs) Um, It's, like, so interlinked with, like, what magic is. Like, FNM is magic. Mm -hmm. To a lot of degree. And, like, it does vary by location as to what you're going to be encountering at each FNM, but I'm pretty sure it actually is in the rules of FNM. They have to always have standard. Yep. Like, I believe that is the one thing, is they always have standard. Yeah, you can... Otherwise, like, you know, at our story, you'll have... uh, The other format will either be modern or draft, and then Mm -hmm. uh, on the same week as draft, you'll have legacy... And yep, the, the casual same, format. <laughs> yeah, the ca- the casual legacy format, and then on which the is same, actually more casual at our store than it is than standard is, but it's super interesting. I love and, it. But and okay. then I believe Commander is the other is the one that happens on the same <laughs> day as Modern. Yep, and depending on the store, they'll have other events too. To you know, depending on how big or small the the store is, some stores can basically just run standard, mm-hmm. you know, or draft or something like that, and um. Uh, other stores can have, you know, like the store we're at, which isn't huge by any means. Uh, there's usually three events going on. Sometimes they have um, like a casual meetup event going on at the same time for just people who want to come and play, you know, kitchen table basically or um, other things like that. Yeah, it's there are I know there are some stores that they'll even do stuff like Frontier, which is a whack format that should go away. But <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. Oh. But yeah, the, yeah it's basically, F and M is is this is the the core event that's supposed to be the next step up from playing a pre-release, and we'll see how that changes in the in the future with the direction Wizards is trying to push things. Yeah, it'll oh. it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens from here and just how interesting the community will respond. Mm-hmm. And for for um uh, you veteran players, if you want to know what we think you should be doing at FM, just go listen to every other podcast we've done. We talk about it a hundred times. You should if you've listened to more than one episode of this, you should probably know our opinions on FM. So John, we've we we did our pre-release. We started playing FM. We've been doing that. Where do we go next? All right. So this next one is basically where I quotations thrive mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of why i play magic since i can't really go to other larger events like the only thing above this for me is our local invitational mm-hmm. and that's game day slash standard showdown but for me primarily game day mm-hmm. like these, so what is game day these are the more competitive events i believe game day is still ran at casual but people held it to a hot lot higher regard at least at my store Mm-hmm. And same for standard showdown, but it's basically where people bring what they perceive to be the best deck they can, and their goal is to play and win something. For the standard showdown, you're playing for these special booster packs that have like uh, mythics. They're guaranteed mythics, rares, and foils in them. For game day, you're playing for promos and a playmat, which is what you're playing for. I, yeah, I'm playing for the playmat. I play for trophies and. Each of my playmats is a trophy, you know. So like th- these are these are why I play Magic is to play in things like this. Mm-hmm. And this is not that this is an unfriendly environment. I've had a good time at all the the few game days I've gone to, um, but this is less snuggly and cuddly than 
than FNM in pre-releases. Like, this is where people are coming, they want to, they're trying to win packs here. Yeah, you're going to have people showing up, you know, they're going to be playing their A game, they're going to be playing their best deck, they're going to, like, like, we, people like me, we are literally playing to win, and we will hold you to stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if you, if you try and, like, you know, bolt this one creature, and I put that creature in the graveyard, then you decide, well, actually, I wanted to do this one instead, after the fact... It's like too, too like, bad. Yeah, it's too bad. This creature is dead. It is in my graveyard. We cannot take that back. Yep, we're we're playing by the rules here. So, and you know, it's yeah, we're not we're not doing take backsies here. We're not we're not um uh, there's less coddling. It's yeah. This is this is going to be real magic more more or less to some degree. Like it's not you know it's not competitive rel <laughs> stomping you on your nuts or anything. But no, but I mean like. This, yeah. For for people who know me, this is going to be the difference between me like talking and joking during the game, and me just staring. Yep. Like I I do flip a switch when I play in events like this because you know I'm playing serious business. Mm -hmm. As you so kindly pointed out last night when I was playing against our my friend Scott in our little chaos draft, it's like you're pretty sure you could punch me in the face and I wouldn't even react. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was playing a game next to you and I was trying to troll on you and stuff like that and I, I was like I was right in your business and you just didn't even <laughs> flinch and I don't think you noticed I was there. I didn't notice anything until you said I think I could punch you in the face and you wouldn't even notice. Yeah, That was the first time just... I noticed you were around me. Yeah and you were just in the zone and like and, that, and that's what this event is. Um, You know obviously still be you know veteran players still be courteous still be friendly you know after the, after the games and stuff like that but you know this is if if you're if you're newer go to these events but you might want to really temper your expectations cuz people are going to be playing to win some win some packs here so yeah. um it's going to be a little more little more I don't want to say cutthroat cuz that gives the wrong impression but that's kind of what it is yeah i i suppose one little caveat to Excuse me. The whole the whole just being quiet thing is if you know me, if you've seen me outside of my, outside of like a game of Magic, and you notice I can be talkative, and then all of a sudden I'm like quiet and like I'm not really saying much, I'm not joking. It's not because it's not like any sort of like disrespect to you. It's actually the exact opposite. If I'm mm -hmm. playing at that level, it's because I have enough respect for you that I want to play at my best because I still want mm -hmm. to beat you, and I think that is a necessary. So like if you like it's not even just for me it's for like any competitive person who you see like when they flip that switch and they just change oh, yeah. they're not doing it out of a sign of they're not talking to you out of disrespect they're t they're not talking to you out of respect cuz they want to play as perfect as they can yeah and i i mean we we've done that too in our casual in our air quote casual games when we yeah. really get into a game like we'll we'll lock up and start thinking and it'll be quiet and we're not interrupting each other and mm -hmm. all that stuff we're, we're serious business over casting Serious discussions. business, that's right. <laughs> Real format. Okay, so what do we have anything after after that level? Uh, yes. This These ones are a lot more rare. You're not going to encounter them as often. Uh, mm -hmm. They're PPTQs, Star City Games Invitational Qualifiers, and these are... These are the most competitive thing you will encounter at a truly local level. Mm -hmm. And the reason, like, these are random competitive REL. These require deck lists. These are the events that everyone, you know, like, you're going to have random ringers that you've never seen before traveling to come to these events. Because mm -hmm. these are literally the stepping stones for those people to go to the higher stage, which is what they want mm -hmm. to get to. Yeah, the the stages that we're not talking about here because they are on a more state, national, international level, like P like you know pro tours and GPS and Star City Games Invitationals and things like that. Yeah, these are you know these are the preliminary pro tour qualifiers and the SCG Invitationals, as I said. Like these are the most competitive thing you will naturally find, and they're not meant for newer people. No. They're not I mean, meant for moderate people. <laughs> like, 
they are meant for the people who, like, they are completely serious. All they care about is that first place. Like, mm-hmm. you don't go to one of these events thinking, well, I really hope I get, you know, top eight so I can win six packs. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, well, I really hope that every one of my opponents mulligans to four and gets land screwed so I can win this invite to the Pro Tour. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not actually to that degree, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, this is like the game day standard show about showdown are, are competitive, but these events, this is where the competition really, really, really starts. Yeah, and the only the only event like this I have ever played in is I played an SCG regionals a few years back, mm-hmm. and that was a freaking blast. Yeah, but I mean, like those people were playing to win. Yeah, like that's that's you know the one large event that we all went to, or me and you mm-hmm. went to down with rather, and you know we just we went down there, we had a good time, but like you know it was very serious. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, my my first round opponent was a more casual individual who was just there for fun, but you know once I started like that that slog to try and win in the money after mm-hmm. I went down three matches, you know every single one of my opponents was serious. My, yep. my very last opponent, actually, he sat down. He's like, well, one of us is going to walk out of here with 50 bucks. The other one gets to go home with nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, that was literally his greeting to me. Yep. <laughs> like, and I mean, you know, I, I played against a couple opponents. Um, I remember one opponent I played against. We had a really good game. I ended up losing, unfortunately. Um, but we played, the, we played the whole thing, and he was just, you know, like you get, just locked up. We're, we're playing our game. We were both kind of like that. And after the end of it... He just kind of like let loose and was like, "Man, that was great!" Like, <laughs> you know, and, and and we talked about it and everything. And it was good, but like during the game, it was like that was all business. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what these events are. So if if you plan on going to them, I I do, you don't have to be high level to go to them. No, but you really need to temper your expectations. Yeah, you really need to understand that these pe- what these people are doing here, and kind of not get, and kind of have a thick skin, like to some degree, because people are going to play to win, people are going to are going to hold you to everything, and people are going to get salty, <laughs> like a lot more than your F and M or game day, because there's a lot on the line for them. Yeah, like there, everyone is playing for something. And it's like I do think that at, you should not go there if you are new, but you should no, go there no. if you are like intermediate because the experience yeah. is worth it. The experience, I'm I'm very glad I had the experience, but and I w- I would I'm still not a great Magic player by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But I understood the rules. I understood my deck. I understood how generally the decks in the meta worked and everything. So I was prepared to go in. I didn't have to have somebody explain my combo to me when I when I pulled it off. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of thing. I and that's and that's the big thing is that you need to un, you need really do need to understand magic at a at a higher level than, you know, just your normal I just showed up to F and M level. Like there's there's a bit that goes into this. Yeah, there's there's little degrees of you know how much you should how much knowledge you have in the game mm-hmm. for each of these four categories. Yep, and and that number goes up. Like I, I believe that basically you should be able to show up to a pre-release with um, with almost no knowledge and an F and M with very little to no knowledge and be fine. And anything above that, you really should kind of have a better grasp of what's going, of how magic works and. Um, in, in general, with how the rules work, how the game works, how ev- how everything relating to it works to some degree. Okay. So, those are the basic events that we're, we're looking at here. Um, yeah, next, I kind of want to just run down and talk about some... Just some general live event things that people may misunderstand or... Um, just sort of the culture and the rules and and things of it that were a little surprising to me or some people get upset with or, you know, that that is just a little confusing or is not in the normal culture until you really get into magic to understand it. So the first thing I'm going to talk about here is that I think this is a big misconception and I'm, I've kind of become very, very... Um, this is one thing I'm outspoken about when talking about showing up at live events. Judges. 
So don't trust them; they're evil. Yeah, right. So <laughs> there's this, there's this kind of. So there's this thought: you sit down, you're playing a game of magic with somebody, and you play some cards or something like that, and you realize, oh, this thing happened, which shouldn't have happened, and your opponent calls a judge, and it's easy for the person. The, on the other side, it'll be like, well, why does this person think I'm cheating that they need to call a judge? Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Judges judges are there to help. They're not there to spank you if, you know, you do something wrong. They're there to resolve any miscommunication. So, I mean, I've called judges on myself a lot of times. <laughs> like, just just because something happened and I need clarification on it. And it's their job to, to figure that out for us. Yeah, like... Um, Yes, they're called judges, but they're not like, you know... This isn't like you're in court trying to defend your case style of judge. Like, mm-hmm. like the reason... Like, they're, they're a judge in, like, the normal sense of the term, where it's like, this per- <laughs> these are the people who, they know the rules, they know how things are supposed to work, and they are there to fix issues. Like, mm-hmm. if you knock over your deck, and you might be able to see some of the cards, you're supposed to call a judge and have them pick your cards up for you so you don't accidentally see stuff. Yep. Like... And that's a reality. <laughs> we're um uh, and I'm I'm sure I got kind of some eye rolls when it happened at one time, but I remember we were at a pre-release one time. Um, I think it was the one I got super salty at. Uh, <laughs> but the game next to us, like one of the players was like, "Oh crap! I did something wrong with my with my deck or something like that." And the, the like the two players were there talking about um, they're like, "Oh, how should we resolve this and everything?" I'm like, "Call a judge." And they're like, well, we don't really need it. I'm like, nope. And I called the judge. <laughs> and the judge came over and resolved it and gave them gave them basically the resolution that they came to. But mm-hmm. it's not your place to resolve those things. Just call a judge. They're this is their job. And they're they're you know, they're good at it. Like, let's just be honest here. Most judges know what they're doing. Yeah. Most most judges have experience with what, what they've been doing, and even if like you know, this is just like you know an F and M judge who's like F and M judges do not have to be actual judges. They've still yep. been dealing with this stuff enough that they should have experience and knowledge to draw off of because they should have learned from someone who was a judge to become an yep. F and M judge. And they have the resources to look up and figure out what needs to be done too if they don't know the answer immediately. Yeah. So that's just this is just a big thing I have that I I feel like people don't call judges enough, which seems annoying sometimes because I'm sure there's a lot of judge calls and everything. But just whenever there's a dispute, whenever there's something like that, call a judge. Yeah. Um, another thing to note that with judges is when you call, so you can call a judge and have them give you the oracle text of a card, uh, basically give you what it says on a card and how it how it works. Um, if you have a rules question about a card, you can ask them. But they cannot provide you with strategic advice, so which has led to a lot of confusion sometimes. Exactly. So, uh, so if you call a judge asking for like a rules question or something like that, they will give you. They will tell you exactly how the rules function, and that is all they can do. They cannot give you an edge with advice or anything like that. Um, so just be aware of that. They're not trying to be a jerk. This is just what they can do. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the... Like, there's, like, this cliche ruling that always comes up that they always talk about, like, how you can just be punished for doing something like that. And it's, yeah. like, like, it's like you, you call over a judge and you, you ask, like, judge, can I cast this card? In mm-hmm. You know, can I cast this card? And you mean it in a very specific way. And yes. the judge answers with complete honesty... Yes, yep. you can. They yep. But and th- it's the, correct, but yeah. <laughs> not beneficial. The result that happens is not what you wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. So like that's the kind of thing. It's like yeah, and like if that happens to you, you're going to feel bad. Yes. You're going to think that that judge cheated you in some way, but they mm-hmm. didn't. They just yeah. obeyed the rules. Yep, they're just doing what they have to, and they're they're not there to give anyone an edge. They are the impartial arbitrators. Yes. Just like a judge is supposed to be. And I think that just needs to be understood. Is they're not trying to help you, they're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to they're trying to administer the game. Yeah. Like so just be aware of that. You may get burned by this sometime. Mm. And it's not the judge's fault. If they're if they're being, you know, if they give you the correct ruling on that. 
And another thing kind of along those lines is judges are not infallible. Yes. Judges can make mistakes, they do make mistakes, and they will continue to make mistakes because judges are humans. Yes, they are just people. And yes, sometimes like you will know that the ruling they make is wrong. If you're not playing at like a Grand Prix or a PTQ or not, I even PTQs don't have more people. Like if you're not playing an event that has a multiple levels of judges, you cannot appeal it. Mm-hmm. And arguing with them, trying to tell them that they're wrong and why they're wrong, can get you kicked out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, it- and if you need to plead your case, make sure you do it by knowing the rules and do it politely. Yes. And eventually at some point, you may just have to concede and accept the ruling. Yeah, like, you don't sit there and argue for 10 minutes with the judge because you quotations know they're wrong. It's like, yeah, it might cost you the game, it might even cost you the match, and that really, really sucks. But it's Mm -hmm. more beneficial for you and that judge if just after the fact you walk up to them and like explain to them how it actually should be and like yeah it might be too late to do anything good for you but that judge learned something and as always be polite (laughs) yes be polite about it you know if if you go up and just say you know hey this is like i was able to kind of look up the rulings on this from this call this is what I found, so I think you were still incorrect. If, I don't know if you, you know, maybe you want to look over it and see what you think, you know. Mm-hmm. And as we said, judges are judges are just human. I mean, you've been burned by this before, John. Yeah, I've I've had issues before where judges have been wrong, and like, there's nothing I can do about it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's actually it's very common for me, like after the fact, like if I hear a wrong ruling. Or something like that, which a lot of the time the wrong ruling is as a result of the person, uh, one of the people at the table just piping in, and the fact that we have judges at my store who aren't necessarily confident in their ability to judge. <laughs> and they'll just kind of be like, oh, well, this person knows what they're talking about, and they'll go with that, and which they should never do. And like, so after the fact, you know, I, I've sent many private messages being like hey just so you know this is this this is why it's this this is you know and here's Mm -hmm. like the actual rules to back it up yeah just just believe in yourself basically right like i do it it's very common for me to be like like whenever someone's like just having like a shitty day as a judge because everything's just be going wrong it's like you know just own it yep just own it yeah yeah that's it's one thing being a yeah, and we won't get too into that, but you know, just the kind of the punchline of the whole thing is that judges are people too. They can they can be incorrect. They're doing their best. They're not out to get you. Like just be conscious of that and be polite. I should try and uh, rebuild some connections with the L twos in my area to try and get an L one. I should. <laughs> okay, so. Um, the next kind of little group of things I want to talk about is there's some etiquette things I just feel like need to be mentioned. Um, so when you start playing with other people, if if you haven't noticed, there's a lot going on in Magic. Um, so when you're playing your cards, when you're doing things, explain yourself, be clear, you know, state what you're doing, state what phases you're moving to, try to explain to the best of your ability what's going on. It just makes things easier for everyone Um, if somebody else is doing something and you don't understand what's going on ask them what's going on Mm -hmm. you know ask if they can state their actions ask if they can you know explain explain those things and you know that's perfectly fine as i said there's a lot going on in magic there's tons of actions happening there's tons of individual cards even high level players can get confused by what's going on yeah, like if you and you'll, see... you'll commonly see uncoverage them pointing at cards and explaining things and stopping, you know. Yeah, like if you if this is the first time you're encountering some combo of someone, don't just let them run mm-hmm. through it. Make them show you every step of it. Because mm-hmm. it's very possible that you actually might be able to, you know, stop it at some point. 
yeah. if it's like an infinite combo, but you need to stop it at a very specific point so it doesn't wind up, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise it might not work. Yeah, that's just one of those things I like. And there are people who will even take advantage of that, where they'll try and run through it quickly in such a way that you won't be able to understand what's going on and respond to them. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is kind of a DM, but... Yeah, but people are like that. I mean, I even even where I play, I, I tend to understand most of the infinite combos that I encounter nowadays. Mm-hmm. I make people run through them. <laughs> At least for, through, like, the first... Yep. You know, two iterations of it. Yep, it, I make them run through the first two iterations of them and the kill of it. Mm-hmm. Because if or if it's like a something like um uh, more like ad nauseum or something like that, where they like com- you know are, are comboing, 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 and they're like the lightning, lightning rift storm or storm there. Called. Sorry, I can't remember this. Like, because I've almost got people with that. Yeah. <laughs> like. So, there are a it's lot okay. of people who play combo yeah. decks who they play them because they think that it gives them free wins, and they'll screw mm-hmm. up. Yep, I I make I've had people misclick in real life. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's 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 okay to let people do that. Obviously, you don't want to waste time. Yeah, still, but. It's okay to make them run through an iteration or two just to be like, oh, I'm going to make sure you understand this combo, because if you don't, I'm going to punish you for it. <laughs> yeah, like, some, you know, just to throw back an old thing that doesn't exist anymore, the twin combo. Yep. So, you know, it makes infinite clerics or infinite fairies. So it's mm-hmm. like, you have the person, you know, make a couple, it's like, alright, how many are you making? Yep. And once they give you a number, you're like, alright, Cast Rakdos, or Rakdos Keeper, or Rakdos yep. Charm, rather. Charm. There we go. Yep. And <laughs> then they die, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, that's but, just things you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of these things, it's just, it, it, the, the point of the whole thing is be clear. Have people, you know, if you don't understand something, have somebody explain to you what their actions are. Um, if, if somebody asks you to explain what's going on, explain it the best you can. If you don't understand any of this stuff, call a judge. <laughs> um, well, like, okay, if you don't expl- if you don't know what you personally are doing, you probably yeah, you need to be re- evaluating the deck you're playing. <laughs> yeah, to some degree. I mean, like, and you may need to call a judge or have somebody explain stuff. If it's if it's a pre-release level thing and you're really new, that's fine. You know, ha- it's okay to call somebody to have have them help you through stuff if something is confusing or whatever like that. Okay. Another little piece of etiquette, and this should be really obvious, but it just kind of happens. Don't grab other people's cards without asking. Like, that's, like, you know, most of the time the card, like, it's really easy to be grabbing somebody's $100 card on the table, and that's a little unnerving. Like, I I tend to be a pretty forgiving person, but if somebody reached across and just, like, grabbed, like, one of my dual lands playing Legacy, I'd kind of be like... What are you doing? <laughs> Can I please have my $500 bill back? I'd really appreciate yes. it. <laughs> so, you know, and it's fine. If you don't know what a card does, just ask the person, hey, can I read this card? Mm-hmm. And they'll either, you know, they'll either hand it to you or spin it around and push it towards you so that you can so that you can read it. If they're being a, a jerk and are like, I'm not letting you near my cards, call a judge and just ask them for the text. Yeah. You know? Side note, I mean, if, so, if someone will not let you read a card that is, like, in play, known information, they are, they're not cheating, but it's kind of cheating. Yeah. Like, anything like, that is known information is free access. Like, you yeah. are allowed to know at any time every single card in their graveyard. Yes. The easiest way to do this is to let them, or have them let you look through their graveyard. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's same for anything on the battlefield. Like, if you want to, like, know what this card does, you are allowed to know what that card does, so... Yes. Yeah, you... Like, that is all free information. They cannot hide it from you. So, you know, if there's a problem with that, call a judge. Yeah. The judge will handle it. Like, a judge... Every judge I know has an app on their phone that will literally show you the oracle text on any card. And for those, those who <laughs> don't know... show it to you. For those who don't know, the oracle text on a card is the exact opposite of the, you know, what you would get from an actual oracle in ancient Greece, where it actually tells you exactly what the card does. 
<laughs> yes. Like uh, the database they use is called Oracle, so that's why we refer to it. So, as as magic has evolved over the years, some cards don't do exactly what they say on the card, and this is usually for older cards. New yeah. cards, basically, what it says on the cards is exactly what they do. But the Oracle text is basically the official ruling of the card and what it says. So you can get that text from a judge at any time yeah, for a card that for any card actually, if you can name it. And on that basis, I'm pretty sure you're even allowed to see any rulings on that card. Yes, you are. So like you can like on at least the app that we use, there's actually mm -hmm. if you're looking at the card, you can go into a thing that says rulings, and it will explain mm -hmm. any weird little intricacies that may yeah. have come up about that card. Mm -hmm. So, as a point as a point of interest, you're not allowed to use cell phones and things during matches, I believe. Correct. I believe you but, can now at casual, but it's still okay. frowned upon. Yeah. So I, I would defer to a judge for that, um, just in general. But um, if you're looking for the app that we use, me and John both use an app called MTG Familiar um, for Android. It's a very good app. You can uh, you can download that for free on the App Store to pimp someone's app, I guess. Yeah. It's... Um, but it has all the information. It, it has a card database, a rules database, uh, and a bunch of really useful tools. So I'd I'd go check that out. Yeah, it's it's good for trading. It's good for like keeping track of cards that you're looking for. It's just a nifty little mm -hmm. app, and it's, it's free, so we're not even like pandering to anyone. Yeah, it's it's the best price ever. Yep. So, all right. So the last point of like, this last big point of etiquette I want to talk about is, I I don't know if you 100% agree with me, John, but this is something I feel very, 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 very strongly about, and I 100% believe. I will say I agree with you. I just have trouble with it. Yes. So. If you lose a game, if you lose a game, or if you lose the match, I guess as a whole, when you are saying yes, my opponent has won, you extend the hand and shake their hand. Yep. You do that. It is like, good sportsmanship. I, I am a. It is good sportsmanship. I am a firm believer in this. I don't care how salty you are, whatever it is, you, you, you at least shake your opponent's hand. It's it's a very good thing to just to just put a punctuation mark on and say yes, you beat me. You know, congratulations, even if you don't think they deserve it, which we've done podcasts on that too. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You you extend the hand, you shake their hand. If you win, be a gracious winner. Don't don't be a dick. Obviously, like yeah, you know, it, it's good. It's okay to be like, Whew, that was a close game. If it actually was, if you smoked your opponent and they seem salty, just don't push it. Like. Just let them be salty. Like yeah. some people are just gonna be like that, but just be a gracious winner about it, and don't be a sore loser. Like y you know, you've said you've had problems with this before, John, and everything. Yeah, but we've got. I'm over a firm my, believer. Yeah. My salt levels before. Usually, mm -hmm. it's not because of my opponent; it's because of things outside of anyone's control. But I mean, embrace it, variance, John. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like one little weird side note to this topic is. If you're the winner, should you extend the hand? So, I I try to, or I, I gauge the situation, and I will if it if I feel it's appropriate. But as a default rule, I usually wait till my opponent extends the hand. Yeah, like it's it's this huge can of worms amongst people where like you know you'll be like, well, everyone should always extend the hand, and any you know if the loser doesn't or doesn't gets mad because the winner extended the hand and the loser's just you know being salty and needs to get over themselves it's like i mean in a perfect world i believe that it doesn't matter who should somebody should extend the hand and you should always shake on it but we don't live in a perfect world yeah and so so the rule the 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 thing i have come back on is if you lose like i i believe 100 percent if you lose a game you extend the hand yeah and you and you shake your opponent's hand. I and I I feel very strongly about that. Very 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 strongly about that. Which is really interesting coming from a selfish individual. I'm selfish, but there there <laughs> is nothing but benefit to be gained from being a good sport. Yeah. Like like being salty, there is just no benefit for it. It is not worth it. And like like treating your like if somebody beats you and treating them like shit, there is absolutely no benefit to that. But there is benefit to being a gracious loser mm. and. And being a good sport, like it, it builds you points in the long run. You know, absolutely. I mean, because like, I mean, how would it feel if like you, you know, like you show up at a pre-release, you know, like we're good, ish. 
you know, we're, we're people that have played before. We've been playing a while. We show up at a pre-release. We sit down for round one against somebody who just started play, you know, just started playing, has a terrible deck. We draw nothing but lands in a row, and they and they they beat us 2-0. You know, like, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I can't believe you did this. You built a shitty deck. You uh, you know, you sat down here and beat me. I've been playing forever. You don't deserve this win. And I just I, I just rail on them. Well. Like that sucks. Like, what does that do for the community? Like, yeah. my my opponent just came to one of their very first events, and they and they got their first win. How cool is that? And then I shit on their parade. <laughs> like, like that just sucks. There's no benefit to it. So that's what I. That's that's why I believe it's like you you be a gracious loser. You extend the hand. You treat these people with respect because they just want to win games of Magic too. You know, and that person's win is probably that person having a good experience with that win is going to be far more beneficial than me salting out. You know, <laughs> like th that's just the fact. Yeah, like so. like like we said before, you want that person to come back, and like yes, it yep. sucks to lose. It definitely sucks to lose to variants. I know mm -hmm. the feeling, but. Don't make their life miserable because of it. So, um, just some other like really quick side notes and things for common tournament things, misunderstandings. So, um, Magic's rules are very, very rigid. Don't be offended if somebody calls you on the rules or the rules don't work in a way that you think they that seem logical to you. Magic is very literal. It's very rigid. Yeah, there, there's just, no, there's yeah. no open to interpretation. Well, what yep. about this thing in Magic? Like everything mm -hmm. has a hard and fast yes or no answer. Yes, it's very very strict. It's very very rigid. Ask judges if you have trouble. If you get burned on something, it's kind of just the way Magic rules are. It sucks, but we've all had it happen. Just learn and move on if you can. So, yeah. um, another thing you'll sometimes see at other events is. Um, if you if you know you shuffle your deck at the beginning, you present your deck to your opponent, and usually like when you're sitting around the kitchen table, you just cut the deck. And a lot of times, even at most events, that's kind of how it'll work. Um, every once in a while, you'll get somebody who will pick up your deck and shuffle it. That is totally fine, actually. Yeah, they're um, actually supposed you, to. Interestingly enough, in the rules, mm -hmm. it is their job to ensure that your deck is properly randomized, even after you have randomized it. Yes, they don't think you're cheating or anything. This is part. Is this part of the rules? Higher level players tend to do this more often, just because. Um, as long as they're shuffling your deck in a in an appropriate manner, totally fine. Don't worry about it. It's totally okay. Um, if you feel like they are shuffling your deck in a way that will damage your cards or sleeves, you are okay to call a judge, mm. and and the judge will randomize the deck for you. I've never seen this happen. I've never no. seen a situation where I've needed to call a judge for this. Uh, and I've had a number of people shuffle my decks like that, so it's it's usually totally fine. The people who are going to do it also are the people that are used to shuffling their decks because they're usually higher level players. So this we is know what we're it, doing. It's, yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing. It's going to be totally fine. Just go with it. Um, yeah, I, a side note on sh a side note on shuffling, if that's okay, or do you want do you want to get something? In? Yeah, sure, go. You can. Okay. Um, another side note on shuffling. So you will see people pile shuffle their decks sometimes. Um, there was a rule change recent, like recently, um, that basically said you are allowed to pile shuffle once per game or match. Uh, once per game. Okay, and that's only to to make sure you have enough cards in your deck to count the number of cards in your deck. Um, the deck after that, after pile shuffling, needs to be shuffled in a regular manner to randomize the deck. Pile shuffling is not randomizing. Pile shuffling more than once is uh, considered. Slow play. Not random. Yeah, slow play. Um, which we'll get to that in a second. Stalling. Um, <laughs> yeah, or stalling. So, um, if if your opponent seems to be wasting time with pile shuffling, just call a judge and just you know check with it and everything. Um, but yeah, that's that's what that is. Um, another side note on shuffling, actually, that this is something. So when you're a new player, a lot of times you'll. I'm sure we've all done this. You'll do the two cards, one mana, two cards, one mana, two cards, one mana, or something like that, or weave the mana in your deck. Um, people hate this. <laughs> it yes. is um, So it is not actually randomizing the deck. 
um, if you do that. So if you, if you do it for the reason that, well, I want to get the clumps of mana out of my deck, you are not making a randomized deck. Yeah, that is that is considered stacking your deck and is a form of cheating. And yes, if you say that after the fact that oh yes, I did this, and but now I'm going to shuffle it, so you know now it's it's not stacking my deck anymore. That means that you affect if that means that one of two things happened: you either wasted time because stacking your deck did absolutely nothing, or mm -hmm. you are not properly shuffling your deck after the fact, so your deck is still stacked. So you're either yeah, cheating at or wasting time. At worst, it's cheating. At best, it's wasting time. Um, yes. If you... Uh, so, I kind of do this, but I don't sit there and do it each time. Like, I like when I pick up my lands to shuffle my deck, I, I, put, I just kind of shuffle them into parts of the deck randomly. Mm -hmm. and, and I do that with all my cards. Um, and then I shuffle the entire deck. So I don't sit there and put it together. It's more, instead of just grabbing everything to a pile, putting it on the bottom of the deck and shuffling, I just shuffle it right into the deck as I go. Mm -hmm. So like, take that for what it is, but it's just how I shuffle a deck. But So the mana weaving thing, just don't do that during your games. You know, if you, if you feel like you have to do it after you build your deck in a sealed environment, do it and then just shuffle a ton. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, some, Wait, like some people we, do we all because it makes them feel better. But yes, and that's what I was gonna say. It's if nothing else, it's a ritual, but that it, or or a superstition or something that just makes you feel better. But during a game, we don't have time to waste time like that. It's like people pile shuffling more than once. <laughs> yeah. So if so, just be aware of that. People will get called out on that. Um, so yeah, just shuffle shuffle up like that. And just just um, one more caveat about shuffling. Yeah. Um, mathematically speaking, an actual full-on riffle shuffle, which is like yes. it's where you take one half of the deck and you mash it into the other half of the deck. It takes seven. Uh, that's a that's a mash shuffle. Oh, well, mash shuffle, riffle shuffle. Yep. They, they well, riffle shuffle is when you riffle it actually. Well, yeah, but they they result in the same thing, right? Yes, the like, same know, randomness. The okay. cards are there. That it takes seven of those for a deck to be actually randomized mathematically. Yes. It if you do the like over under where you take a few and flip flop them back and forth and like go back blah 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 mm -hmm. where there's like you're just it's like it's like the clump shuffle or whatever it's called. Yep. You have to do that over a thousand times for your deck to be randomized. Just doing yes. that is not a proper form of randomization. So do a mash, do a riffle, do riffle shuffles if you can. That's yeah. the best way to like, randomize your deck. Mash and riffle require only seven to make your deck properly randomized, and otherwise. The, and I usually do a combination. There, there is a completely horrifying form of shuffling. It's called the smoosh shuffle. It's where you take the entire deck, you strew it out face down in your playmat, and then you swirl it back and forth with your hands. That sounds horrible. It is, but if you do that for a full minute, the cards are randomized. Okay, I'm not going to do that for a full minute. Yeah, don't do that ever. It's horrifying. Also, just, it takes a minute. No. Yeah, just just smush or riffle. Those are actual factual forms of shuffling. Like, yeah. and I am one of those people. I will always shuffle your deck, no matter what. Yep. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. I did it to Fletcher last night at our chaos draft because. And I think I said, "Oh, you're going to be like this," and then shuffled your deck too. Yeah, like. I, I <laughs> Which have, I'm joking, obviously. Yeah, but. I have reasons for doing that, but I, I've just, uh, I've grown to the point where I do it for everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what environment mm -hmm. I'm in, because it's easier yeah. than explaining to someone why I do it. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple more things before we start closing out. So, um, deck selection. John, do you have some thoughts on this? Uh yes. This one's going to be relatively simple, and this is kind of temper your expectations to the deck you're playing. Like. Mm -hmm. It's is this is actually going to tie into the very last comment also of like, it's perfectly fine to like show up to F and M and bring this random cool sweet deck that you built because you you think it's awesome and mm -hmm. the cards you have and you want to play it. You will be playing against people who are playing the best deck currently in the format because competitive yes. people still do play F and M. I am one of those people. Mm -hmm. I normally play some weird janky tier two decks. I find them entertaining. But, you know, there are people who will they'll be playing the deck that just won the most recent SCG Open, that just won the Pro Tour. And mm -hmm. take that into account when you play. You are going to play against people who are playing quotations, better decks. And mm -hmm. 
just expect stuff like that. Like, for my very first tournament I ever played in, I built a deck that was specifically designed to prey on the best decks in the format. It was a mono-red deck, and I lost all four of my first matches. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that was me choosing a good deck. And that, once again, this ties into the very last comment, where the last comment is going to be, don't expect to win the first time. Yes. You will lose, likely you will lose more games of Magic than you win. Yeah, like... That's like, fine. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I played a deck that was specifically designed to prey on the best decks in the format, and I still lost, because I did not know as much as my opponents. Yes. And, like, you know, like, deck selection isn't everything, but deck selection does have a very large impact. Like, take that into account when you're bringing your deck to FNM, where, like, even, you know, there's... there is a thing called a sideboard and like taking into account stuff like that like just having 15 random this could be really good against this random thing cards is better than having nothing even at fnm mm -hmm. yes so. yeah and i mean i've gone i've gone two and two and one and three more times than i've gone three oh three one and four oh mm -hmm. i mean that's just that's just basically a fact like you're gonna lose a lot of games of magic and that's totally fine like, just use those losses to to learn, and get better. Yeah, like there, there's okay. absolutely nothing sure. wrong with losing. Nope there there is nothing wrong with losing, contrary to what yeah. some people may say. As long like, as you learn from it. Yeah. As long as you learn from it, like you have to fail in magic to get better. Yep. Okay, so uh, John, do you have anything else before we close up? Uh, yeah. So this this is a topic that I don't want to say is near and dear to my heart. But it is quite. It is literally the hill that I am willing to die on. <laughs> and it, it is. It's a topic called slow play. And mm. slow play is this big thing amongst the magic community where it's very, very much looked down upon. Like a lot, and just a little. One little like twist on this is there's a difference between slow play and stalling yes stalling is actually cheating like if you are attempting mm -hmm. to make the clock run out or you're attempting to like you know go to time or something like that that is actually cheating in the game of magic that's not to say that like you're not necessarily stalling like if you won the first game and you're like and, you know, that first game took, like, 40 minutes, and there's only, like, you know, 10 minutes left on the clock. You playing to go to time is technically not stalling as long as you play at a reasonable pace. As long mm -hmm. as you make actions that make sense within the game of Magic. Slow play is when, like, you draw your card for the turn, and it's a land, and you're looking at two lands, and you're trying to figure out how to get out of the situation you're in. Or, like, you draw your card for the turn, and you're, like, trying to figure out which play you want to make, and it takes you too long like and yeah. like it's there is no solid rule on how long you're allowed to do stuff like that and have it be considered slow play versus thinking through your actions yep there's like like there's no rule like oh this person should have this much time this person should have this much mm -hmm. time like i mean it will be more forgiving at like uh um pre-release and stuff too than it will be at like a pptq absolutely and like as a newer player, which is what this or this particular episode is meant for, you have a much larger pass on how much time is allowed to you're allowed to think through the game because magic is very very complicated and you are new to the game. Like you, you get you know that leeway to try and figure stuff out. It's more for like the people who have been playing for a while that should know better, and they still take a long time to work through their turns, like. Mm -hmm. the, like if you're someone who goes to a lot of FNMs and you notice that you're the per you're one of the people who almost always goes to time, look at the connecting factor between all of those different, you know, games you played. What is the one thing that never changes in all the matches that you go to time in? It's mm -hmm. probably you. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't want to like, you know, look in the mirror and see this of themselves. And, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, like they don't want to admit, they don't want to admit that they are the they are the quotations problem in this regard. And like that's not to say that you know people don't just naturally go to time. I have gone to time before. 
Like, mm-hmm. it does happen. Some games get really, really bogged down. But, you know, like, when you're standing behind someone and you watch them draw their card for the turn and they're just staring at a land in hand and they have nothing else and they're just, like, staring at the battlefield, they sit there for five minutes and then they just say, pass the turn. Like, that is slow play. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll scale this hill sometime in the future with an episode because, as you said, this is the hill you will die on, but... And um and well once again this is since this is meant for newer people this is not meant for something that you yourself should personally be thinking about oh I'm playing slowly just keep it in mind as you continue playing the game as you keep going you know tr- like keep that in mind for playing at a more reasonable pace and learning to move faster as time goes on. Cool. All right. So um, if you want to send us some feedback, you can shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail if you want to check us out on Twitter, we are uh, at the local meta PC, and yeah, I don't know. good stuff, John. So I guess uh, we will catch you next time. See ya.